When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Happy 80th birthday today to David Crosby of the iconic folk rock group Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I spoke with him, Stephen Stills, and Graham Nash at the National Christmas Tree Lighting in 2015. I'm here with the one and only David Crosby. Thanks so much for, for making the time on this rainy day under this tent uh, outside the White House here. Thanks so much. Hi, man. How are you? Good. I walked up. You guys were playing... Some Silent Night. Why did you guys pick that one? Is it for melodic reasons or for message reasons or a little of both? It's what he told us to sing. <laughs> I didn't pick it. You didn't have any choice? No, I would have done maybe Good King Wenceslas went out on the feast of Stephen. That one, I like that one better. That's a great one. Why do you like that one so much? It's catchy. It's good melody. Yeah. It's good melody. I, I like agree. it. Uh, this one is what they asked us to sing, so we'll sing it. You know, we're cooperative guys. We're okay to sing it. You know, it's... Uh, it's a nice song. Pretty. Definitely. As a fellow Crosby, I think I saw a clip, maybe YouTube, of you guys singing a Bing Crosby White Christmas once upon a time. No. No? No. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do We might have. We've sung just about everything one time or another. I don't remember that, but then there's a lot of stuff I don't remember, and I can't figure out why. I don't know. <laughs> As he says with a knowing look. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. But it's true. I mean, you came from that era. Speaking of trying to remember stuff, let's go way back before you guys even formed this super group of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, For you, it was the legendary The Birds. Mm -hmm. Talk about those songs. I mean, watching Easy Rider, and I don't know, let's pick one, like Turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah, I love that one. Is that one of your favorites? Absolutely, yeah. You know, Pete Seeger, who put that to music, it's actually, the verses are out of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. Oh. And uh, and Pete Seeger's the one who put it to music and made it into a song, and uh, I always I always really liked it. I thought it was really a good a good sentiment, and very well done, you know. And it, we love Pete, so it's a great thing for us to do for him too. Is there a line in that song you think that most accurately speaks to today? Is it a time to cast away stones? Is it a time to be born to die? I mean, what do you what do you think it is? A time for peace. I swear it's not too late. Yeah. Why do you think it speaks so well to today? Well, because we don't have peace, as usual, and we would like to. And it's the holiday season, you know, singing, performing like this, by the White House, National Tree, kind of, you know, goodwill towards men time of year, a good time to spread that message? You bet. Uh, we need peace. We need to not be sending our kids off to war. And if we can celebrate that at Christmas, that would be a good thing. Well, I know you're busy, but I just thank wanted you. to say a personal thank you. Um, grandfather passed away, what, about 10 years ago? But before he did, always remember him in the car playing Teach Your Children Well. Why do you think the generational keeps capturing it? Well, because it's a really good song. It's Nash's song. It's a great song. Everybody loves it. 
Thank you, sir. Oh, thanks, man. And I'm here with the one and only... Stephen Stills. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I guess before we go into your career, just talk about how cool it is to be here in the nation's capital. Have you ever played out in on the mall or anything like this before? Yes, I've played for Carter Clinton and, uh, and for Obama. And if you had any doubts about my political leanings. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't need a follow-up. That kind of yeah. says it all. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I'm, I'm here... To celebrate the fact that the president has met about half of my bucket list this year. Since Ever since the midterms were over, he's like done a whole bunch of things that were on my wish list. What are some of the bucket list things? Well, normalization with Cuba, national health of any kind, and the education plan. And he's trying his best to hold this coalition together so that we can keep, keep the nation safe. I don't know. I think he's done a good job, and I wanted to thank him. Anything else you'd like to see him do before he's out? Uh, finish up what he started and make uh, and make the national health not repealable in some way or another. I don't know. I, I, I was for a single payer myself, but anyway, I just holding my breath for this next election. It's going to be it's the strangest political season I've ever seen in my life. And at 70, that's saying something. It's been a little bit of a, what do we say, a little bit of a reality show, let's say. Um, I mean, you've written some of the biggest, you know, political peace songs ever. I mean, you were part of Buffalo Springfield, right? And you, you wrote, for what it's worth, one of the greatest peace anthems ever. Well, thank you. I, uh, more of a chronicle than anything, but, so we're sort of in the same racket, you and I, but... I, uh, I just, uh, the leadership of the free world is not supposed to be a reality show. It's supposed to be a, uh, a considerate debate on the issues of, of the nation and uh, a referendum on the same. So uh, I hope the clown car will empty out soon and we can actually get down to basics. How does a song like For What It's Worth, where, we, you know, we got to stop, what's that sound, everybody look what's going down. How does that still apply to today? Well, I don't know, it kind of speaks for itself. You're trying to milk me for a good quote, and I can't, I can't think of anything that, that it's a minefield. Yeah. Well, all right, well, which line in that song speaks most to today? There's a man with a gun over there, because there's so many guns out there, and it's silly, and, and uh, it just bodes for exactly what's happening. Shoot first and ask questions later. So tie that back around full circle into sort of the, you know, the holiday season and why you guys are going to be singing Silent Night where all is calm and all is bright. How does a message of peace come out around this time of year, or it should come out? Well, we picked that song mainly because it's the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have a great Mahalia Jackson version of the Came Upon Midnight Clear. But anyway, I'm... Uh, I just hope that the race relations will get better and uh, that Americans will introduce themselves to each other and not be so polarized. And is that a message that this time of year, the goodwill towards men and women maybe comes out more now this time of year? I think that's wishful thinking. Uh, <laughs> you and I know it's wishful thinking, but we can hope, right? Yeah, we can hope. It's, uh, you know, we all know that that's wishful thinking. Everybody's just lost their minds. It's, uh, it's, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> And I'm pretty old. I've been following this since the 50s. I think the Eisenhower nomination, well, I was six and I was conscious of it. And we had a little television at the country store down the road. And, you know, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you sound like you've been a political junkie your whole life. When do you think it all turned? Was there a pivot point? The murderous 60s, when they killed all of our, our leaders. 
and uh, and it's just gotten worse and worse. And, and then uh, when uh, our wonderful Senate Majority Leader walked out and said, "Off that the message they're going to do is make Obama one third president," and it's like you know, I want to thank him for all he's got done in spite of that attitude, that lynch mob attitude. I mean, don't want to call it, you know, don't want to pull any punches, nobody else does. <laughs> but y'all need to ease up on the brothers, all right? You heard it from Steven Sills. Hey, thanks so much, and best of luck tomorrow, all right? All right. And I'm here with the one and only Graham Nash. And I'm here with the one and only Jason, all right. And we're under the one and only rainy tents. <laughs> That's right. Crosby, Sills, and Nash will be singing at the uh, National Christmas Tree Ceremony. Um, are you guys going to be singing I'm Dreaming of a Wet Christmas? Or I think the weather will be cleared up by then, right? I'm Dreaming of a Rich Christmas is what we should <laughs> Should be singing. Uh, no, we're going to actually sing Silent Night. It's a very beautiful traditional melody. Uh, we, you know, we just finished uh, 11 countries in five weeks and we took uh, like a couple of weeks off from each other. So we didn't really rehearse it a lot. We've been rehearsing it this morning. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, I heard you rehearsing it on the way up here. We wanted something that was reasonably simple and beautifully melodic, and Silent Night is a perfect example of that. I think it really puts you in the holiday season. <laughs> I think so. I mean, we're going to be singing right next to that tree. I personally thought the tree should be like 800 feet high. You know? like, <laughs> I could put this one in my pocket, I think. It's a little small. It's like the Charlie Brown tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit smaller than Rockefeller Center in New York. I'm not sure of the sizes, but you got the White House behind you, so you can't beat that. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Have you ever performed here on the National Mall? I'm sure you've played in D.C., but have you ever played out in the public space like this? Uh, the last time that we played live in, in, in Washington, D.C. was when Bill Clinton invited us to sing uh, Happy Birthday to him on the lawn of the White House. Well, welcome back to the public forum here, then. Thank you, Jason. Um, before we get into a lot of the stuff with your super group, I want to go into your original band. You were in part of the Hollies, right? That's right. I started the Hollies with Alan Clark in 1962. And which songs of theirs did you do? Because you left the group before Long Cool and Black Dress and cool. The Air I Breathe and all that stuff, right? right. Okay. Absolutely. I left in uh, on December the 8th in 1968. Gotcha. So they had the audacity, the gall, <laughs> to have two number one records after I left. How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> I think they were just oh, sticking it to you. Well, the truth is I wasn't doing so bad myself. Right. Well, I think your group, CSN, was, uh, and then you added the Y as well with Neil Young. Do you stay in touch with Neil Young? I know he's not performing here, but do you stay in touch? I, I do. I saw Neil about a week ago at his birthday party. Yes. Oh, nice. Just sing to him like you did to Bill Clinton. Um, no, we don't need to sing to Neil. He knows how we sing. <laughs> That's so awesome. Take me into that moment when you left the Hollies and joined up with these fellas. How did you meet them? Well, you know, it's a long and well-documented story. Uh, but if it wasn't for Cass Elliot, uh, none of this would have been happening. Cass Elliot was uh, obviously the, uh, one of the lead singers in Mamas and the Papas, and very bright woman, very much like Gertrude Stein. And I have a feeling that she knew what the three of us would sound like singing together yeah. before we did. Because she knew I was unhappy with the Hollies. You know, she knew that the Springfield had broken up. She knew that Crosby and Stills were trying to get some duo action together, you know. Um, and I think that, that Cass really knew what we would sound like. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I come from England to uh, America to, to be with Johnny Mitchell and uh, yeah. David and Stephen were there and we started to sing together that night in Johnny's living room. She wrote Woodstock for you, right? Yeah. She did not write Woodstock for oh. us, <laughs> oh, okay. but she wrote Woodstock, having never been to the concert, which was kind of amazing. Yeah, and then you guys became a big part of the album and soundtrack and everything, too, for the dot. Um, just on a personal note, I gotta let you know that Grandpa passed away, but before he did, he always played us Teach 
your children well. Why do you think it continues to echo down? Is it just meant for a generational passing of the torch because it's about parents and their kids? I, 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 I've tried to analyze, you know, the success of that song, and, and I, it, I, I just come down to the fact that throughout the world as I travel, I realize that people want the same thing. They want a better future for their children. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with that human desire for a better world for their kids, I think Teacher Children kind of taps into that and that's why it's so popular. Awesome. Well, I know you're busy. We'll let you go. Before you go, do you mind giving us a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays? Sure. Hey, everybody out there, put down that turkey. Put it down now. I just want to wish you a very, very happy Christmas. This is Graham Nash. Happy Christmas. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome, Jason. Thank you. I spoke with Crosby again the following year to promote his solo show at the Birchmere. Uh, Mr. Crosby, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, man. Actually, it's great to talk to you again. You probably don't remember, but we actually spoke back when you guys lit the National Christmas Tree. I was We interviewed you backstage. Wow. Um, <laughs> you, you, you sang Good King Wenceslas to me, but you said that, that you didn't get to sing that one. They made you do Silent Night or something. Yeah. Follow up on that. How, how did that whole event go? It was okay. The, the fun part was uh, meeting the president again. He's a very nice man, and this time I got to meet his family, whom I really like a lot. So They were nice, you know, but they did say some good stuff. I can't remember what. Is there a reason you can't remember certain things? Or no? uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, moving to the Birchmere then. Um, I believe I've seen that you've, you've played there a bunch. Um, why do you keep coming back? What makes it such a good spot? Uh, great audience. They have a great audience. Uh, I, I, I like it there. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not really... Uh, uh, just a club, you know. Uh, I normally don't play clubs mm -hmm. because you know they're serving and uh, and people tend to be more rowdy and kind of you know uh, not as attentive. But uh, I I do really like the Birchmere. It's always been really good to me. I, every time I've gone there, there was a really good audience and 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 they were very into the music. So that made it fun, you know. Uh, you'll get to hear stuff from the birds on, on up through CSN, CSNY, you know, all of that. I have so much material that I can't even believe it. Yeah, it's almost like, how do you choose at that point? Well, yeah, um, you mentioned, all, you know, all your famous bands you played with on the way. Um, let's uh, let's sort of back it up and go go a little chronological then. You grew up in L.A., right? And I don't think a lot of people know, but your dad was the Oscar-winning cinematographer Floyd Crosby. He shot High Freaking Noon. <laughs> <laughs> Do, yes, not, do not forsake me, oh my dark. Oh, that's great. Any good stories about that? shooting Gary Cooper? It's fun to, to be a little kid and and get to you know uh, go on movie sets with my dad. I can tell you that it was you know I was watching him make movie before I could spell movie. So <laughs> that part's always fascinating. Have you learned to spell movie yet? Still, yes, still absolutely. <laughs> Take me in then, sort of that your transition into into music. Did you ever want to follow it, you know, in Dad's footsteps and do movies, or did you? When did you sort of start to bend towards music? You know, I absolutely did want uh, uh, to uh, be in films. I, I wanted to be an actor, uh, but I found out that you can. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, the truth was, as soon as I started singing, I just uh, that was what I wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it it just was so natural to me, and it was so much exactly what I what I love doing, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, did I read that you uh, dropped out of a Santa Barbara City College and moved to Greenwich Village? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. I don't, not directly to Greenwich Village, but right. yeah, I I went on the road as a as a folkie, and and I wound up in Greenwich Village. 
Gotcha. Because uh, that's where that happens. <laughs> yeah, at that time, yeah. Take me into those Greenwich Village days. Because didn't you um, cross paths with Dylan and, you know, mentored him a little? You guys mentored each other a little bit, right? Take me back to those days. Well, you know, I did hear Bob, uh, and I was... <laughs> When I first heard Bob, I said, what the, what's all this about? I can sing better than that. <laughs> uh, but then I started listening to the words. Right. And I realized uh, that's what's going on here. And uh, it's, uh, you know, very heady times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I loved being a folky. I loved traveling around and, and doing that. But I, then I, you know, ran into Roger McGuinn and wound up, you know, doing the birds. Yeah, speaking of that, um, you mentioned Roger and the Birds. Um, I guess you sort of did get to do movies a little bit, like Ballad of Easy Rider, right? So in a roundabout way, you got back to Dad's industry. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I'm I'm doing you know music for films as often as I possibly can. I just yeah. did a, uh, a song for uh, my son James, and I did a song for um, a new film that's coming out called Little Pink House, and uh, it's a great, great story. Okay, awesome. I got my, my Oscar acceptance speech all practiced. Out. I'm ready. <laughs> I'd like to thank all the little people. <laughs> That's awesome. You mentioned the four, you know, back when, you know, formation of the birds. Take me more into that. How did, how did you guys actually um, come you know, together? They were sitting here singing those, these songs. They, Gene had heard the Beatles mm-hmm. and Gene Clark, and, and he was trying to write like that. And he, was, he didn't know any rules, so he was succeeding. And uh, he and Roger were singing these songs in the front of the troubadour in the bar. And I just sat down next to him and started singing harmony. And uh, (laughs) that worked out okay. Yeah, I would say. (laughs) Um, Obviously, everyone remembers Turn, Turn, Turn. Do you remember when you guys came up with that one? Um, Yeah, uh, there was that, you know, Pete Seeger wrote that uh, with words from from Ecclesiastes in the Bible. And, uh, and, Roger McGuinn brought it to us and said, "Hey, you know, we I want to do this," and we loved it. Yeah, for sure. And you guys also covered. You mentioned Bob Dylan. You guys covered Mr. Tambourine Man too. Right? Yeah, very, very successfully. And uh, Bob, Bob came and heard us do it when we were practicing it before we'd recorded it. And uh, and uh, as soon as he heard us playing his music, electric. Mm-hmm. You could hear the gear, the gears working in his head, and, and he he immediately went out and got himself a, a, a band and stopped being a folky. Yeah, that led to Newport Folk Festival and all that. I'm sure. Yep. Yep. So all right, so you can take credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, okay, I mean, uh, I I want to go to CSNY. How did you guys form up with uh, Stephen Stills and, and Nash and Young? Uh it's an old story. You know, uh, I was singing with Stephen after. Uh, uh, after Birds in Springfield, uh, Stephen and I started singing together, and uh, we tried it with Nash one night at uh, Joni Mitchell's house, and, and it worked fantastically well, and we knew that we wanted to do that. Um, which one of you guys wrote Teacher Children? That's Nash. Is that still, you know, people come up on the street all the time asking about that one? Oh, yeah, of course. Which which ones did you, you wrote In My Dreams, you wrote Shadow Wouldn't Captain, ship. yeah. Almost Cut My Hair, Guinevere, Deja Vu. Yeah. Take me sort of into your songwriting, because you wrote a Lady Friend Why and a couple for the birds, too. So what was always sort of your, your songwriting approach? Is it try to keep it visual storytelling, or, you know, what what sort of your... The truth is, it's, it's changed along with the years. The, in the last few years, I've been writing a lot by myself and also a lot with other people. I've been writing with uh, Michael League from Snarky Puppy. He and I wrote most of this next record that's coming out called Lighthouse, Uh um, I've been writing with my son James Raymond. Uh, uh, that he, he and I wrote most of the 
the last record I did, Cross, mm-hmm. that record. And he and I have an, another record now called Home Free that we've just just now written the final songs for. And what else? I'm trying to think more recently. Uh, you got inducted into the Rock Hall in two different groups. Not many people can say that. No. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, just sort of looking back, is it is it crazy just everything you've gotten to do? And, all, and, and bring you know, the in... truth is I don't look back hardly at all, man. Yeah. I, I spend most of my time, I think about what i got to do today, think about what I'd like to get accomplished tomorrow, you know, what I need to get done tomorrow. And I think about what I'd like to do next week, next month, this year. My focus is almost entirely forward. Thanks so much for joining us, Mr. Crosby. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.